At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens, terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. And you know how we do it on the show. I can't give you a winner every single time. But you know how many times I've given you winners. And, you know, listen, it's a it's an exhibition. The Home Run Derby is, the All-Star Game is. It's not like there's any super sweet science to it. But there definitely is ways to handicap things. And, you know, if you listen to the Manic Monday show, you know that I, I like taking two players in the Home Run Derby. One from each part of the bracket, so they can meet in the final, potentially. We gave you Soto. We gave you Rodriguez, who is, of course, even though he lost, the star of the Derby, the great young player in Seattle. And we couldn't lose. And Soto gets the job done. Of course, it would have been nice, I mean, nicer profit-wise to cash Rodriguez at around 8-1. to one, And it was uh, Soto around 5.5 to 6-1. to one. But listen, I, to be honest, I wanted Soto to win. I mean, obviously, I want to win as much money as possible. But Soto was so good in that swing-off with Otani last year. And, you know, he's the veteran against the 21-year-old. He's 23. He deserved it. And, and obviously, he had a great final round uh, when Rodriguez kind of slowed down. So hopefully, uh, you were involved with my home run derby selections. We're going to get to my Major League Baseball all-star selection here in just a bit. But let's take a trip to the Motown betting window. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And of course, you've got all the great things going on with the all-star weekend, or all, well, all-star start of the week, if you will. And I mean, it's I wish we could call it all-star weekend, but the all-star game's always on a Tuesday. And it was great to see Miguel Cabrera. They interviewed him before Soto uh, took his swings in that final round. And he's hanging out with Bad Bunny and, you know, cheering on Albert Pujols. 
and to have him and and, uh, and Albert be the legacy selections, you know, at their age, and Poole's 42 years old, uh, we're obviously getting up there, uh, is just awesome. And and to have two Tigers at the All-Star game, having Soto as a reliever, and having Miguel Cabrera as a batter, uh, is going to be really, really cool to watch. And, I mean, how many more times are we going to get Miguel Cabrera to the All-Star game? This this could, it could be his last, but I just think Miggy's, you know, not spoken yet. He hasn't given his final words on just how good he could have his, uh, let's say the Tigers start contending again, and he could be like David Ortiz was. He could be an All-Star again. Uh, but let's take a look right now at the line for the All-Star game at Bet Rivers, then I will give you my selection. The National League, minus 117, slight favorite over the AL. The American League, minus 104. The run line for the National League is minus 1.5, plus 175. American League, plus 1.5, minus 225. Total, 7.5, over minus 112, under minus 105. So when I was doing my research, getting ready to make my selection, and I, I was looking up previous All-Star games, and obviously I've watched every one of them. And for you know during my lifetime, I didn't watch the 60s and 70s. Uh, but it started, starting at you know, four or five years old, I've pretty much watched every All-Star game either my dad or obviously as I got older with friends and, and, and sometimes by myself uh, when uh, the All-Star game would take place uh, wherever it was. And obviously it was here in Detroit back in the mid-2000s. Uh, but I was looking at, you know, first off, you've got the American League winners of the last eight in a row. And, you know, we did have one, of course, in 2020. So it's been nine years, but eight straight wins for the American League. But not that I didn't remember this, but you think NHL All-Star Game, tons of goals. You know, the Pro Bowl, not a lot of defense, tons of goals. In the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, aside from the last time the National League won it, which was in 2012 at Coffin Stadium in Kansas City, Justin Verlander, the uh, the uh, starter for, I'm sorry, the losing pitcher for the American League. 8 nothing National League. After that, you've had a 3-0 game, a 5-3 game, a 6-3 game, a 4-2 game, a 2-1 game in 10 innings, an 8-6 game in 10 innings, a 4-3 game, and last year, 5-2 at Coors Field. You've got such good pitchers that these games are not like they were in some years past. I mean, go back to 98, 13-8. The 7-7 tie, which, of course, changed the rules and started having it be for home field advantage in the World Series, so they changed it back uh, to now having extras again. Uh, you know, that was in 2002, 7-6, 2003, 9-4, 2004, 7-5, 2005. Over the last 10, 15 years, we are having close games, low-scoring games. So when I look at this, and by the way, I, some of you, this was buried in the new CBA. If the game is tied after nine innings, there is going to be a home run derby to decide the winner. I know that, listen, I remember seeing something about it when the CBA was ratified back with a delayed start to the season in April. But I, I, I know my dad and some others did have no clue. If this game goes, uh, you know, tonight to nine innings and it's tied after nine, three players from each team, from the National League and the American League, will each take three swings each in a home run derby to decide the winner of the All-Star game. It was basically just, like I mentioned, buried in the new CBA. So fascinating, fascinating stuff. Uh, that's going to determine a winner if the you know all-star game goes to extra innings. But it should be a low-scoring game. And 
I looked at the the total, and I'm going to go over the rosters here in a minute. And seven and a half seems like exactly where it should be. Could be a four three game. Could be a five two game. Could be a five three game. You know, something like that. Could be a three you know two game. I think with some of the players that are not playing, some of the pitchers that are not pitching, that this total is just about right. I'm not going to make an official selection on the total, but if I had to, I would take the under with the value of minus the 105 right now at Bet Rivers. And remember, on this show, if it's not an official selection, I'm not betting it. So I might end up betting this, but it's not an official selection. So I'm just giving you my lean because I know some of you are going to want to do parlays and some of you are going to want to bet on the on the total. That's the lead for me, but I do have two plays for you on the All-Star game. And I want to run through the rosters here for a second and who is playing and who is not playing. We will start with the American League. And by the way, before I begin into the rosters, I believe based on who is playing and who is not playing because of injuries or chose not to play, the National League definitely has the better roster by a little bit. Here's what you got as far as the starters for the American League. Alejandro Kirk is the catcher from Toronto. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is first base um, for, uh, you know, for trying to get back-to-back Toronto players. Uh, Jose Altuve is not playing because uh, he's hurt. So it will be Andres Jimenez, or Jimenez, excuse me, from Cleveland at second base. Third base, Rafael Devers for Boston. Uh, shortstop, Tim Anderson for the White Sox. Outfield will be Aaron Judge. Mike Trout is not playing uh, with the injury. So instead of Mike Trout, it'll be Byron Buxton from Minnesota, the great young player that will start in the outfield. And then Giancarlo Stanton, the other outfielder, the D.H. Shohei Otani, local L.A. product, being the fact that he plays for the Angels, even though this game is at Dodger Stadium. And of course, you have that legacy selection of Miguel Cabrera. Here's what you've got on the bench for the American League. Jose Trevino, Luis Arez, uh, Ty France is not playing, uh, or, I'm sorry, Ty France has been added as a injury replacement. Uh, you've got Santiago Espinel from Toronto as an injury replacement, Jose Ramirez, Xander Bogarts, Corey Seager's an injury replacement. Uh, I mentioned Byron Buxton, Kyle Tucker, George Springer not playing for Toronto. Uh, ben Intendi from Kansas City will play. Julio Rodriguez, of course, the star of the Derby. Uh, we'll play Jordan Alvarez from Houston is out. And then J.D. Martinez was added as a DH due to injuries. And there's your pitchers for the AL. No Justin Verlander. No Garrett Cole. They are both out. Shane McClanahan, of course, is a starter. Uh, Alex Mano from Toronto. Uh, Nestor Cortez is going to be there as a lefty for the Yankees. Otani. Paul Blackburn from Oakland. Martin Perez from Texas. And Framber Valdez from Houston. Those are the starting pitchers on the AL roster. And here's your relievers. Uh, you got Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Clace from Cleveland, Jorge Lopez from Baltimore, the Tigers, Gregory Soto, Liam Hendricks, an injury replacement, and your, Jordan Romano, uh, an injury replacement as well. So, you know, you're missing Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, that could have given you a couple innings of good uh, pitching, at least two, you know, two innings, but possibly maybe three. Uh, no Alvarez, no George Springer. That's some power there. Uh, no Mike Trout and Altuve, two of the best players in baseball. So the AL a little down there. And then now we go to the National League. Wilson Contreras, the catcher for the Cubs. Paul Goldschmidt for St. Louis will start at first base. Jazz Chisholm Jr. for Miami, the great young uh, player, is not going to play at second base. And with him out, Jeff McNeil from the Mets will start at second base. Manny Machado, Trey Turner uh, at shortstop. Machado at third, of course. Okuda Jr., Jock Peterson, Mookie Betts in the outfield. Of course, Mookie Betts very comfortable at Dodger Stadium. He plays there, so does Trey Turner. And then Bryce Harper was uh, going to be the DH. He is out, so no Bryce Harper and Albert Pujols, your legacy selection. Freddie Freeman added 
as an injury replacement. C.J. Crone's playing. Pete Alonso, Travis Diarnod from Atlanta. Jay Cronensworth from San Diego in injury replacement. No, Nolan Arenado for uh, the National League. No, Austin Riley, or excuse me, added Austin Riley for the uh, National League from Atlanta. Dansby Swanson will be on the uh, reserve roster for the National League from Atlanta. Kyle Schwarber, who obviously had a bad home run derby. Starling Marte is out. Uh, he was selected, but he is out uh, due to injury for the Mets. Ian Happ uh, will, uh, will start in outfield, or will play in the outfield for the Cubs. Juan Soto, the home run derby champion. And then with Harper sideline, William Contreras, from Atlanta will be the DH. The first All-Star game, by the way, with two DHs, because baseball has all you know a universal DH, not because it's being played in an American League ballpark, because obviously it's not. It's a Dodger Stadium. And then Garrett Cooper has been added as a DH uh, for from Miami. Here's your starting pitchers. Sandy Alcantara. Uh, the starter is going to be, obviously, Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Corbin Burns from Milwaukee is out. Joe Musgrove is in. Max Fried from Atlanta, out. Gonsolin from the Dodgers has been incredible. His home park, he will be one of the starting pitchers uh, uh, for the All-Star game. Luis Castillo from Cincinnati. Rodon from San Francisco is not going to play. And then Tyler Anderson and Miles Mikolas from St. Louis are both injury replacements. And then your relievers, Josh Hader, one of the better ones in the game. He is not going to play. Edwin Diaz, Ryan Helsley, uh, David Bednar, Joe Mantiply, and then added was Devin Williams from Milwaukee. When I look up and down this roster, I mean, obviously, they're all-star rosters, so they're both really good. But when I look up and down this roster on both sides and with the injuries, especially the fact that Altuve and, and Trout are out, and those guys are obviously going to be starters, I think the edge is definitely to the National League. So I've got a full unit play on the National League minus a buck 17, and I like this a lot. As I mentioned, we have had a lot of close all-star games in recent memory. But I think this is the year you can have a team win, the winner, you know, win by more than a run. You go back a couple of years, you know, it was a one-run game, but every, you know, last year was 5-2, uh, 2017 was 8-6, to 2016 was 4-2, to uh, 2014, or 2015, excuse me, was 6-3, to 14, 5 to 3, 13, 3 to nothing. I mentioned the last time the National League won in 2012, 8 to nothing. Uh, before that, it was 5 to 1, 3 to 1. So, not in the going back to 2010, you have had two one run games. I think if the National League wins this, they're going to win this by more than a run. And I love the value of minus 1.5 plus 175. So, I will take the National League for a full unit. Minus a run and a half plus 175. And I will take the National League for a full unit minus 117. And even if we lose the run line bet, we're not going to really lose much money, but be able to have the chance to win those both and almost triple the profits. That's what I love there. Uh, so I'm not just going to take the run line by itself. I, the National League could still win this, you know, this game by one run, and I don't want to win nothing. Uh, but I definitely do like both the National League minus the buck 17 at Bet Rivers and the run line. Minus one and a half plus 175. And as I mentioned, not an official selection, but the lead will be under seven and a half. You can get that right now at Bet Rivers. Minus 105. Let's take a look at the odds for the 3M Open in Minnesota. Of course, a lot of times, I mean, much more these days, we've had better fields before and after, weeks before and after a major. Uh, but this field, definitely not a real good one overall. I mean, I love him, but when the favorite is Tony Finau, who's had issues on final days and final rounds of tournaments. Uh, Tony Finau is your favorite 
at 12 to 1. And I to to be honest, I I wanted to take him this week knowing he'd be in the field in a weaker field anyway. But we're gonna have to figure out the value at 12 to 1. I mean, I, I do you know I don't like taking favorites at golf. I'm always I mean, sometimes you gotta go all in on a top level guy on, on a smaller type tournament. For majors, I rarely will take the favorites because they rarely win. Rory was the favorite, didn't win. Cam Smith was like the sixth or seventh favorite. So we'll see. I'm going to post my picks uh, before the tournament starts on Thursday, and I'm going to give you a couple of my early selections right now. Finau might be a hedge play for me because I really do believe this is a great course fit for him. He has been playing some good golf. He finished solid at the Open Championship. But remember, these guys are all traveling back after a long week in, in Scotland, and this might be where you want to find some value further down the trough because it, it really is just more wide open than a usual tournament with many of these guys coming back from overseas. Some of them not. And, and that's another thing you got to look at. Guys that did play in the Open Championship that are playing in the 3M that have been stateside, maybe playing the Barracuda last week in California in order to travel from across the pond. But Fidel's your favorite at 12 to 1, and Eki Matsuyama at 16 to 1 along with Sun JM. Maverick McNeely, who had some moments at the Barracuda, couldn't get the job done, though. He is 20 to 1. This could be a good value spot for Mav McNeely. Sahith Thigala, who's been playing some great golf, 22 to 1. Adam Hadwin, who's played solid the last couple of months, he's 25 to 1. Davis Riley as well, and, and same with Cam Davis, all those players at 25 to 1. Cameron Tregali, of course, has played some solid golf the last month plus. He's 28 to 1. Then you get to the 33 to 1s, which are Brendan Steele, JT Poston, Martin Laird, and at 35 to 1, Ches Reevy, Adam Long. Uh, and the 40 to 1s are Adam Svensson, who, of course, uh, you know, has had a lot of success recently. Uh, Brendan Todd, Nick Hardy, Ryan Palmer are all there around 40 to 1. So for me, I got two selections off the jump here. I really think that Martin Laird has got some great value at 33 to 1. Remember, we had him a few weeks ago, uh, the week before the Open Championship, uh, when you had just that absurdly, the, one of the worst fields we've ever seen, uh, you know, just based on rankings. Uh, at the the Barbasol Championship, and and Laird had his moments. I mean, he was he was hanging around the first couple of rounds, but it didn't end up getting uh, a chance to do what we needed him to uh, to play uh, solid golf over the weekend. But I, I do like Martin Laird for the value here. Uh, when you look at what the you know what this course is all about, I mean, this is a par 71, 7,400 uh, yard course. On each nine, you've got one par five. And uh, two par threes, so it's it's going to be very interesting. And actually, I'm sorry. On the front nine, you got one par five and two par threes. On the back nine, you've got two par fives and one par three. But very gettable par fours. And you know, Mark Laird finished third in the Barracuda last week. Ches Reeve got his third PGA uh, Tour victory. Alex Doran was one point off of that modified modified Stableford scoring, and then Mark Laird came in third. Cam Davis, by the way, in sixth. Uh, so another reason that I like. Uh, Martin Laird. And then Mav McNeely. When you look at Maverick McNeely, I think this is great value for him. I mean, 20 to 1, obviously in a bigger field, you might get him at 30, 40 to 1. But when you look at Maverick McNeely and what he's been able to do as he's gotten, you know, better at, at closing and finishing, you know, in final rounds where he would be in the running and then just have a really rough final round, he's been much, much better than that uh, at that recently. And, you know, last last week at the Barracuda, as I mentioned, he was hanging around and ended up, you know, having a 71 in round four. So he finished well off, uh, you know, the, the leader. But he did finish tied for ninth. And I think he comes in with pretty good form. 
I mean, this is a guy who is ranked 40th in the FedEx Cup standings right now. His world rank is up to 70. Uh, and he's someone that I believe really fits this, uh, you know, course well coming up for the 3M Open uh, at the TPC Twin Cities in Minnesota. So those are the two early plays. I will definitely have some more pl- plays for you further down the trough. But Mav McNeely at 20 to 1. And we're going to go with Martin Laird, who had a great uh, end of the Barracuda, couldn't win it. Uh, but was right there in the in the mix. He's thirty three to one, uh, and and some other guys I'm thinking about. J T. Poston, who of course has been successful recently. Uh, Ches Revi just won the Barracuda. I don't think he's going back to back, but thirty five to one, not terrible uh, with the odds there. Uh, so you know there there's going to be some plays I'm going to make further down the trough. You know guys that are anywhere between fifty to hundred to one. But right now I'm looking at guys like J T. Poston, possibly Cameron Cameron Tregali. I want to do a little more research and see how the weather's going to be the full forecast. Uh, as we're just a couple days out uh, going forward on Wednesday into Thursday. And then, as I mentioned, maybe making a play as a hedge play on Tony Finau. And you got Hideki Matsuyama in this field. And, you know, guys like him uh, and, and Finau aren't going to, you know, be in these kind of fields and not feel like they have a great chance to win. They're not just going to catch a paycheck, uh, especially guys like Finau and Matsuyama. So we'll see uh, if I make any plays on them as well. All right, that is a trip to the Motown betting window. Uh, it is brought to you by our great friends, at Bet Rivers, and coming up next, I am going to grade the Detroit Tigers in the first half of the season. And let me just give you a spoiler alert. Not going to be too solid grade-wise. That comes up straight ahead right here on the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1 800 270 7117. All right, before I get into the Tigers' grades here for the first half of the season, I'm not looking forward to doing this, but you know, we got to be honest with what's going on. Uh, and my outlook for the second half and basically what I would think would be acceptable for this Tigers team even with some of the injuries. I do want to quickly mention the All-Star Game MVP odds and a couple selections I have for you. Shohei Otani, the favorite, plus 480. Aaron Judge, 6-1. to one. Vlad Guerrero Jr., 8.5-1. to one. Mookie Betts, the local Dodger, 9.5-1. to one. Paul Goldschmidt uh, comes in at 13-1 along with Giancarlo Stanton. Manny Machado, Trey Turner, Buxton, Acuna Jr., Rafael Devers are all 20-1. to one. And then Jock Peterson is 35-1. to 1. Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto, who killed it in the Derby, of course, with Soto the champ. Pete Alonso, who did not uh, make it to the finals and go back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Alejandro Kirk and Jose Ramirez, all at 50-1. to 1. I've got two plays for you. I think Juan Soto is going to carry over. Because, you know, I obviously think the National League is going to win. And it's, you know, very unlikely that an American League player would be the MVP if the American League lost. So I have two plays for you in the National League. Juan Soto... 50 to 1, maybe he carries over the home run derby, you know, momentum and has a big home run or a big, you know, double, uh, you know, that scores a couple to help the, the National League win. So I like Juan Soto at 50 to 1. But I also like the home standing Mookie Betts. He's been a little inconsistent hitting wise at times over the last couple weeks, but being at home in Dodger Stadium and being a guy that is going to, you know, be, I think, a, a pretty solid part of what's going to happen here in this game. Just being able to have the home fans and being able to be in, uh, you know, the 
to, to have the ability to, to be a guy that will have the, a lot of these fans are going to be from other, you know, teams and places, but to be able to be in the starting lineup, have the home fans behind him. Let's say he makes a big catch, you know, a home run saving type catch. Let's say he gets a nice, you know, RBI double or single or hits a home run uh, when he's out there, you know, because he's going to start in the outfield and play at least a few innings, if not come back in, you know, later in the game if he goes out. I think Mookie Betts has some value around 10 to 1. So those are the two for me, Mookie Betts, the homestanding Mookie Betts, and Juan Soto at 50 to 1 for All-Star Game MVP. All right, let's take a look at the Detroit Tigers' grades for the first half of the season, and they're not good. And this Tigers team, you know, 37 and 55, 18 under 500, fourth in the American League Central. I understand there's been injuries. All teams have injuries. And it's not like, you know, Scope and Bias and Cabrera, and I know obviously Torgerson was sent down, and Connellier, like all these guys have been hurt. Yeah, it sucks that Riley Green came up late. It sucks that Casey Mize had to go on, the, you know, have the, the Tommy John surgery could be out for a year plus. But this team should be better. And we'll start with the offense. Let me just give you some numbers here on the Detroit Tigers offense. All right, runs per game. They're scoring 3.13 runs per game. 30th best in Major League Baseball. Total bases a game, 10.92. 29th best in Major League Baseball. Run differential, minus 112. 27th best in Major League Baseball. Here, I'm not going to go through everything, but I'm going to go through some of the main offensive statistics and where the Tigers rank. Batting average, .229, or 229, uh, 27th overall in baseball. At bats per game, 32.76, 29th overall. The Tigers are 30th in plate appearances. Runs per game, I mentioned 30th overall in, in baseball. Hits a game, 7.51, 27th overall. Home runs a game, .58, 30th best in baseball. One of the worst teams in baseball at home runs per game. Doubles, 1.34 per game. That obviously is a huge way to score runs. You know, sometimes late in games, doubles can win games for you. 28th overall in baseball. I mean, triples are 7th overall, 0.17, but how many times are you getting triples? Ribby's a game, 2.99, under 3, 30th in Major League Baseball. I mean, this is just been as bad. I mean, yes, the Tigers had that nice 8-2 stretch in 10 games, and they, you know, found a way to, uh, you know, win six in a row, all against the division. But, I mean, I'm telling you, man, this is just a real, real bad baseball team. And offensively, that is where a lot of the issues have come. It's it's just been very, very frustrating. And when you are 30th in baseball, when you're last in baseball in plate appearances, runs a game, home runs a game, uh, you know, basically last in total bases a game. And then we go on a few more here. Walks per game, 2.40, 29th overall. They're not terrible with strikeouts per game offensively, 8.41. That's kind of midway pack, uh, 15th overall in baseball. Uh, you know, hitting the double plays, 0.73 a game, 20th overall in baseball. It's been just so bad. And then here's some ratio stats for you. Not to try to get too super deep into the numbers here. Sluggy percentage, 0.333, 29th overall. Odd base percentage, 0.286, 29th overall. Odd base plus slugging, 0.620, 29th overall. How are you going to win baseball games with such a bad and inconsistent offense? I mean, secondary average, 
at bats, uh, you know, per home run. Home run percentage, all worst in baseball. Isolated power, worst in baseball. Strikeout percentage, 23.5. That's not the worst in baseball, but it's 21st worst, uh, or, you know, 21st best in baseball. Uh, Walk percentage, 29th uh, in baseball, 6.7. Extra base hits, worst in baseball. Hits for extra base percentage, worst in baseball. So when you look at the offense, I'm going to grade a couple individual players as well. But when you look at the offense, the offense is absolutely an F. It's just, it's an F. And, I, and I'm sorry to have to give an F to a, a, you know, a team that has had some issues and, and has younger players. But when you've got A.J. Hinch and you've got, you still have you know, guys like Baez who have been you know, coming on at times. And you know, obviously Torgelson was terrible and had to go down. Probably wasn't ready to be brought up too early. But when you've got you know, even Miguel Cabrera, who at his advanced age is still you know, capable of doing things and was, you know, hitting over 300 before he was named to the All-Star game. And you got Jonathan Scope and you got Grossman and Condelario and even Harold Castro has, has contributed, you know, over the last couple of years. And you've got at least, uh, you know, a, a, a doable, and I know Austin Meadows is hurt too, but at least, you know, a uh, serviceable offense. You cannot be as bad as the Tigers have been. So they get an F, an F for the Tigers offense. And I'm sure that won't surprise many of you. And I'm going to leave a, it opened for you on, on Twitter to, to give me your grades as well. Uh, but it has been just awful for the Tigers so far offensively this year. Now let's take a look at defensively. And they, they're not as bad defensively as they are offensively, but they're still not that good. When you look at, a, you know, just overall, uh, you know, what they've allowed, opposing total bases per game, the Tigers actually rank eighth overall in baseball. 12.88. And, and we know the bullpen, obviously, has been one of the better bullpens for much of the year, especially earlier in the season, in baseball. Um, you know, as far as allowing runs, opponent, uh, you know, the run differential, plus 112, 27th overall in baseball. Here we go with some of the, uh, you know, more in-depth numbers here. Opposing batting average, allowing a 245 batting average, uh, you know, throughout the season, 19th overall in baseball. Uh, bats per game, 32.85. Uh, That's actually second overall. In baseball, uh, you know, opposing plate appearances, 3,370. That's fifth overall in baseball. Uh, fifth most, not fifth uh, worst, fifth most. So, you know, defense obviously not, not as bad as offense, but still not great. Uh, this, these are getting better now. Opposing runs per game, 4.35. That's 19th overall in baseball, so that's not, that's not terrible. Oppos, uh, you know, op, uh, opposing hits per game. Uh, or opponent hits per game, 8.04, 13th overall baseball. That's not bad. Tigers have been pretty good, top 10 in home runs, allowing, you know, the least amount of home runs, uh, allowing 0.98 per game. That's seventh best in Major League Baseball. Doubles, 1.55 per game. Uh, that's 11th overall in baseball. Uh, RBI per game, 4.13. That's 18th overall in baseball. Uh, walks per game, 3.01. That is uh, 13th overall in baseball. Strikeouts. Uh, opponent strikeouts per game, 7.37. That's 26th overall in baseball. Uh, and then uh, just a couple other numbers I looked at too. Opponents hitting into double plays uh, per game, 0.70. That's 12th overall baseball, so that's not terrible. And then opposing runners in scoring position that do not get home, three point, or runners, average runners in scoring position that get home, 3.02. That's 29th overall in baseball. And then here's some other numbers when it comes to Sluggy percentage, the Tigers are allowing a .392 uh, slugging percentage. That's 16th overall in baseball. They're allowing a three point three one one on base percentage in baseball. 
uh, or overall at 17th overall in baseball, excuse me, on base plus slugging, they're allowing 0.703, 14th overall in baseball, uh, isolated power, 10th overall in baseball, uh, secondary average, 13th overall in baseball, at bats per home run, 33.58, that's 9th overall in baseball so far for the Tigers out of 30 teams, opponent's home run percentage, 2.7%, that's 9th overall in baseball, so not, you know, uh, tremendously terrible there, and uh, opponent's strikeout percentage, 20.1, it's 24th overall in baseball, opponent's walk percentage, 8.2%, 14th overall, extra base hit percentage, 7.4%, 11th overall, and uh, opponent's hits for extra bases percentage is 33.6%, 9th overall in baseball, and you know, you look at some of the pitching statistics, and we're going to get into this kind of stuff in a second here, we grade the pitchers, uh, it's not good for the defense for the Tigers as well. You know, opponents earned run average, 30th overall. Uh, earned runs against the game, 30th overall. Uh, but grading the defense, I'll give the defense a D. The defense has shown, you know, flashes, bias has. Uh, you know, Condelario has at times. Even when Torkelson was around, he made some nice plays at first. Uh, you know, Carol Castro has, Willie Castro in left field. There's been some moments uh, in scope at second base as well. But overall, the defense, if you look at some of those numbers, I'll give the Tigers a D. Now let's take a look at pitching. And when you look at, uh, you know, Detroit, when it comes to earned run average against, uh, or I'm sorry, run average against for uh, opposing teams, 2.91, 30th overall in baseball. You know, they're allowing a 2.91 ERA, uh, you know, which is, that's this is one of the few bright spots the Tigers have. Uh, you know, whether it's been starting pitching at times and whether it's been the bullpen. They're not allowing a ton of runs. Earn runs against per game 2.85 30th in baseball. So that is, that's that's the one, you know, small bright spot when it comes to the Tigers, even though they've been such a poor uh, team overall this year. You know, not allowing a ton of home runs. To, you know, best team in baseball for allowing home runs, 0.59. Uh, hits per nine innings, 7.68. That's 27th, uh, you know, overall in baseball. So one of the best teams at doing that. Uh, you know, opponent strikeouts per nine, 8.61, 15th overall. Uh, opponent outs for, you know, to the pitcher per game, fourth overall. And, uh, you know, strikeouts, uh, and, you know, per walk, 3.50, but, you know, 30th in baseball. So, you know, there's been some good numbers when it's come to pitching. I think the bullpen, you'll give the bullpen a B minus. I mean, it has not been the bullpen's fault. And obviously, Soto hasn't got a lot of chances to close out games. Uh, but Juan so- or Gregory Soto has been pretty pretty darn good. You know, we'll get to, you know, the starters here in a second. But when you look uh, at, at Soto, 33 appearances so far. He has, you know, a win record, win-loss record of two and four, but 18 saves, 31.1 innings pitch, just allowed 24 hits, an area of 2.59, and a whip of 1.24. I mean, not stunning numbers, but, the, you know, he, he really has not had a... A, you know, he's had as, about as good of a year as he can when you've got the kind of team the Tigers have, uh, you know, 18 games under 500. And when Soto's come in, he's gotten the job done. And Soto's one of the players out great. I obviously give Gregory Soto an A-. minus. I mean, he's definitely, there's a reason he is a Tigers all-star uh, with his 18th save. It's tied for ninth most in Major League Baseball. So Soto gets an A, but then... You look at the, you know, overall starting pitching, 
And of course, injury to Casey Mize, Persky is a rookie. Fayedo obviously, you know, is trying to become something. Uh, Hutchinson has been terrible. Pineda's obviously had some moments in time with the ERA over five. Uh, we, we hate that Rodriguez, and Rod Rodriguez is still on that family personal list. He's been gone for a while. Elvin Rodriguez has been absolutely garbage. He's 10.04. Now, Tarek Skubal, he looked like he was going to be an all-star for a long time for the Tigers, and it wasn't even in the Cy Young race, but obviously he had, you know, four or five starts after a really good beginning of the season and really kind of slowed down, and now he's pitched 100.2 innings, ERA 4.11, strikeouts per nine at 9.1, whip at uh, 1.20, his war 0.8, so, you know, the fact that it's below one, not great. Uh, and, you know, he's allowed nine home runs, 25 uh, walks. He has struck out 102, which is by far basically double the next, uh, you know, pitcher on the Tigers roster, which is Bresky, who has 54 strikeouts. And uh, Scoobles allowed 46 earned runs. That's where the problem has been. Uh, and you got 96 hits allowed. And he is 6-8 and eight on the season. But, you know, Scoobles been, uh, you know, kind of the bright spot. Fulmer, obviously, has 16 holds. He's been one of the bright spots. So, you know, when you look at the overall starting staff, I'm going to give, you know, the starting staff a C-, minus, but part of that's incomplete with so many injuries. Uh, and obviously, Scooble did get off to a good job, but you've had some nice moments for Brasky, helped, you know, the Tigers beat Kershaw. Fighters had a couple of nice starts. Uh, you know, Pineda's been, been solid at times. Uh, so the starting, you know, pitching has not been terrible, uh, and it's gotten into that bullpen. The Tigers just can't score runs on offense. The Tigers had one of the better offenses in baseball. They probably have 10 more wins right now. Uh, but Scooble definitely gets a, a B-plus uh, on the edge of an A minus, obviously six and eight record, not going to get it done and above four ERA, very close to an A minus range, but he's a B plus. But you know the bullpen, like I mentioned with Fulmer and obviously Soto, the bullpen's been solid. The bullpen has been really good, and that's been the overall the bright spot of the entire team. And I did want to grade a couple of the the players for the Tigers, uh, just overall players. I think Jonathan Scope has been a B minus, probably the best overall. You know, most consistent batter. You know, 104 total bases. I know the average sucks because all the Tigers' averages suck. They're all right near the uh, Mendoza line. But he does have 23 ribbies. He's walked 12 times. Uh, you know, 14 doubles, 70 hits. And as I mentioned, 104 total bases. So I, I, I give a solid, uh, you know, B to Jonathan Scope. Javi Baez, who, of course, kind of was inconsistent at times, but has really picked it up as of late. Average still sucks, 213. He has 113 total bases. He's got 35 ribbies. He leads the team in ribbies at 35, 18 doubles, 64 hits, nine home runs. By the way, Scope has six home runs. And Baez has had some big moments. So I'm going to give Baez a B as well. Cabrera, I mean, I, should we really even grade Cabrera because it's almost unfair, uh, you know, just being the DH. But listen, he's still an important part of this team. He has played in 79 games, 286 at-bats. He does have 82 hits to lead the team. Got the 3,000. I was at that game. Uh, eight doubles, three home runs, 34 ribbies, 99 total bases. A 287 average, one of the, basically right now, aside from Victor Reyes, the highest batting average on the team. I'll give Miguel Cabrera a B as well. And I think those are your three solid guys. Of course, Torkelson, it's an incomplete, but he was sent down. It probably would have been close to a D or an F, uh, you know, with that 197 average. Robbie Grossman's had his moments. He's another guy that I'll, I'll throw a grade out there to you. I think Grossman's been uh, a B minus, and the, and the defense has been there for him as well out in left field, so he's been okay. But everyone else, uh, I mean, Candelario kind of goes back and forth, but everyone else is a C or worse when it comes to offense uh, or, you know, everyday players and, and, and guys that play both ways. Uh, and it's listen, it's, it's just frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to be a Tigers fan right now. And then the, the biggest grade, I mean, maybe for some of you, is A.J. Hinch. And is a baseball manager responsible for injuries and for everything his team does? 
when they're so inconsistently hitting-wise. He's got to staff together with pitching coaches and batting coaches. No, but he's definitely, the buck stops there. And you see, you know, when Joe Madden's been at his best, and not these days, but when Tony Russo was at his best. And, you know, when you had guys like Jim Leland, of course, Sparky Anderson, managers definitely make a difference. Bruce Boshi did it for years with San Diego and the World Series runs they went on. So, and then with the Giants too. A.J. Hinch obviously is very, very important. And some of the decisions he's made this year have backfired on him. He's, you know, pulled you know, players out and pitched it for them when he should have. He's, there's been some interesting stuff with pitchers sometimes, starting pitchers. Uh, I think A.J. Hinch right now is a C-. And if this continues into next year, and it's another bad year for the Tigers, A.J. Hinch might not be around after that. He's got to have a much better year and a much better second half. Uh, Hinch cannot end this season as a D grade. You know, not that there's, you know, people giving grades in the media are going to matter for when Al Avila, if he's still there. Uh, we'll get to Al Avila uh, until another show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, AJ Hinch, is, he's got to be a better manager. He is not, he's definitely been a part of this too. I mean, he is the guy that runs the ship. And he's definitely got a C- minus so far for this team. Now, as far as expectations for the second half of the season, what would be acceptable? Well, the Tigers have got to play close to 500 baseball. If they're a game or two under it, I'm not saying overall record-wise. I'm saying for the second half of the season, starting later this week after the All-Star uh, break. They've got to play basically 500 baseball. If, if they're 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, or more under 500, to me that's unacceptable. That's a failure. Yes, there's been injuries, but they've got to finish the season the way they did last year with a much better second half than the first half. Very unlikely they're going to get to the 77 games or wins they got last year. We thought they were going to be in the 80s. I predict them to be an 82-win team this year and flirt with the final wild card. That's not happening. But they could get hot in the second half. There's going to be a bunch of home games coming up. And the, the, the Tigers' division is not anything that you really have to be incredibly scared of. I mean, the White Sox are playing better. The Guardians, obviously, are a team that I have talked about. I just think that they have the, the right mix of players on both sides of the ball, uh, pitching uh, offense and defense, or, you know, all sides of the ball, uh, that... They can win this division. The Twins obviously have been solid and they're, they've led basically most of the way in first place. But the, the Tigers can win a lot of games against the division and you know clean up uh, hopefully some of the other series and at least be competitive in some of those series in the second half. And just taking a quick look at the schedule and what's on tap for the Tigers in the second half, they will play uh, San Diego in an interleague series. They'll play four in Toronto. They'll play four at home against Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously, this is on top of all the other division stuff. They'll play three at home against the Angels, two at home against the San Francisco Giants, three at Texas, three at home against Seattle and uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, three at the Angels uh, out there in Los Angeles. Uh, they'll play three at home against Houston. Maybe Justin Verlander will get a start in mid-September for uh, the Houston Astros in Detroit. Uh, three at Baltimore, and then they will close the season out. It's amazing. It's going to go to October early October, they'll close the season out with three or four games on the road at Seattle. So there are some gettable series there. I mean, Seattle is definitely playing some decent baseball, but it's not like Seattle is playing the Yankees or is playing the Dodgers. I mean, Seattle's nine over 500, and they're definitely a burgeoning team. But, you know, Toronto fired their manager. Tampa Bay, you know, is an interesting team where they haven't played the greatest baseball in Detroit at times. They're 10 over 500, though, and definitely are a much better team than the Tigers. But Detroit should be able to play around 500 baseball in the second half. To me, that is what would be acceptable and just more consistently on offense. I want to see what Riley Green has to offer. Hopefully, Scooble can get things together and have a strong second half. And the bullpen can stay the way they've been, uh, which is the best unit on the Tigers and one of the better units 
in Major League Baseball. But all in all, if you want to grade the Tigers overall as a team in the first half, it's a D minus. I'm not going to give it an F because the Tigers aren't the worst team in baseball, but they're right they're right on the precipice of a total failing grade if they keep this up and they'll end the season with an F, which would be just terrible in this fifth basically year of the rebuild where things should really start getting going with all these young players. And then, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Al Vila uh, on, on future shows. I wanted to save this show to more grades of people that are actually playing right now and the coach. I mean, Al Vila is building the team. But a lot of vitriol towards Al Vila right now uh, with a lot of, I mean, I'm seeing all the fire Al Vila shirts on different text threads I'm on. You know, people that aren't even you know interested that much in baseball are just fired up about Al Vila saying his team is so bad and he's made terrible decisions and they're buying into some of the hype. And I, I, listen, as far as I'm concerned, if things don't turn around in the second half of this year and obviously next year, Al Vila needs to go. I, I think he's done a decent job at times adding pieces to the team, but the team is, they've got to move forward. This was supposed to be a big jumping off point year, which we saw, you know, teams like the Cubs and the Royals and the Astros that basically, you know, sold off all their pieces and, and started from scratch and rebuilt their farm systems and then got to in one World Series. The Tigers seem a million miles away from that. Al Avila's got to be the architect. And Chris Illich has got to be willing to say, listen, we're not moving forward. It's time to find a new general manager. I know Al Avila's liked a lot throughout baseball. You know, the Lions owners, the Forger liked a lot throughout football. It's not, that doesn't get you wins. So let's see what happens in the second half. We'll obviously keep you abreast and we'll talk about this as the Tigers go on. But so far this year, basically almost a failure as a team, a D minus, but the offense definitely an F. Uh, the defense, d- d- you know, right near a failing grade, but we'll give the Tigers a D, uh, you know, offensive wise. But the bullpen, definitely the bright spot. Uh, the, the bullpen gets a B, B uh, you know, right, right around a B uh, for being the strongest part of this team. But even uh, as good as they have, the bullpen can't, you know, save the rest of the squad. And A.J. Hinch, a C minus, but he, boy, they better have a, back, a better second half or he could get a failing grade at the end of the year. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Watch for any more additional golf picks I have. I'll post those on my Twitter at DanLeach971. Uh, let's catch those tickets for, squatch those tickets, excuse me, for the All-Star Game of the National League on the money line and the run line. We already, ca- you know, squatched the ticket for Juan Soto in the Home Run Derby. And until next time, Keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, out.